You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Culture from the belly of the beast once a week. I'm your host, Dan. With me, as always, are uh, Dez. Who's chewing? I'm still eating. You're still eating. Well, you know what? Well done. So we decided to start without you. And the person who said that he didn't give a fuck if I introduced him second every week, just will. No, that this, this, you'd be introducing me third if you did it that way. Because well, you, you introduced you. You're last. Well, except this time it's not last because we have your lovely wife, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> and you made her last. <laughs> Well, because she's the special guest. So it's it's like... Say hello. It's like the credits when you have with so-and-so. Exactly. It's special guest star. And you're the special guest star. And introducing. And inter- <laughs> introducing... Well, no, Grayson's been around. If there was anybody else, how are you guys? What's going on this week? I'm sick. I have the Martian death flu. And it's terrible. But I sound amazing. You sound good under the I circumstances. I sound amazing. I've got, yeah. I've got the deep voice going on. I'm like, hey, musing, it's Musings After Dark again. Musings After Dark. What's going on? No, honestly, when I get sick like that, I just lay on the couch for like 36 hours straight. There's no like <laughs> podcasting involved. That's unfortunate. Yeah. That really is. No, I mean, I, I don't have time to lay on the couch for 36 hours. I just can't he, do it. He also spends a lot more time sick than you. I do. I have a kid. Oh, yeah. I do. It I comes spend, with the territory. I spend a lot of time sick because the kid is a fucking Petri dish. <laughs> I mean, he is. He is disgusting. I love my son. He is a disgusting, disgusting mess. I'm not sure I, I buy Dan's reasonings in this regard. What don't you buy? He works in a hotel. So? So he's exposed to just as many random bugs as Grayson is at preschool. Why is it? Why is, yeah, Grayson assuming, always the one I'm assuming your, uh, your guests don't spend most of their time out in the playground rolling around in the dirt no. and grass and shit like that. And they're not like rubbing their, their noses and then hugging each other. Yeah. I mean, some of them might be, but that, that's what happens in I, hotel rooms. I'm not here to that, judge. That, exactly. If you, if you want to do that, by, by all means. How is everybody's week? Good? Bad? Oh, it's all right. Mediocre? All right. Uh, it came at I went to work. I don't it's know. Over. Yeah. It's every week. It's not even last week. It was a week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. Did I do anything? No. I made the playoffs. That's what I did. You did make the playoffs, and I went undefeated in the regular season. Oh, I did. And that's just going to make the defeat in the playoffs. So hey, you know what? It doesn't matter. Hey, well, and, and I do got to say, because we talked about it on this podcast, the, the, the Dan versus Des grudge match, Dan wins. Dan won. Yeah, but you know what? He kept it close. <laughs> he did. There was, there was well, a, I was convinced he had you beat it. one I, point. Yeah, there, for about an hour and a half, I'm like, Des has got that. I was actually happy for you. I'm like, Des has got this. And then like three of my players all scored touchdowns at oh, yeah. once. And I was like, I don't, oh, all I right. don't care. And, and again, I'm, I, I was telling Will this. Um, I'm not 
doing this to be a bad friend or try to deny you your victory, Dan. I'm very proud that you won. Thank you. However, you've proven that you can win at fantasy football using only mathematics. I have. Which means it's really not at all about football. So I don't know if I'm playing anymore. Because it makes me physically hate watching football, which I used to like doing. If you think this thing could be won strictly based on nothing more than mathematics, you think Dan would be beating me? No, there's still luck. Wow. (laughs) You're right. There there is still luck. Wow. I'm just simply just, saying. I'd watch you try to do arithmetic. Because the, the, the problem is, is you care too much, and you're like, oh, but this guy's gonna go up against this team, and you still have some of that. I know none of that, so it's like <laughs> pure statistical analysis. No, 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 Dan, trust me, I, I played you last week. Um, a lot of your success is just luck. Um, you have this annoying trend of having people who've like never scored a 39 point game. Oh yeah, that was amazing. Ever come through for you when the rest of your team is crap. And you've had that like four or five times this season. So well, some of it is luck. There, there, but our bet was, could you could you do better than me using just math? And you did. And the thing is, is it's not that I'm trying to be a poor loser or take your victory from you. But I really don't like watching football when we're playing fantasy. And is it because really, just, you just get you get angsty? Is that why? Like, no, because I'm rooting for teams I don't want to root for and players I don't want to play for because they score me points. It, it takes – I used to just sit down, and it was fine. I would root against the Patriots because the Patriots suck. Right? I mean, like – I don't know. Oh, yeah, no. This week, I am just hoping Kansas City destroys the Chargers. I My know, allegiances right? are completely out the window, especially in a loss season. Well, and it's the, the Chargers, Chargers, so fuck the Chargers. Yeah, they're, that, they're an L.A. team now. I don't that's care. That's a little – like, I, I define my football watching more on the teams I root against rather than the teams I root for. Like I want, God. I want Green Bay to win, but like I'm not really upset when Green Bay loses. But I'm really upset. I've been, I've been horribly <laughs> upset if the Patriots went undefeated this season. Did they? No, they lost to the Eagles. <clears throat> no, they lost twice in a okay. last I, two weeks. I, but I, I don't um, know. Uh, Carolina's still undefeated, twelve and zero. Really? Yeah. Good for them. So I have, like, I have their head. I, I, I gave up their defense, but I think I still have their head coach. So. <laughs> Which doesn't mean anything, but... It means you've gotten points from them every week. Exactly. That's all that means. They got a couple of points from them every week. Well, there was that one week where I think I got 10 points out of their head coach because they just destroyed, or like seven points out of their head because they just destroyed somebody. I think it was playing you, actually. Yeah, I think that's what happened. (laughs) So so I'm not saying for sure I won't play next year. I just may not because I'd like to go back. That's interesting. Just to to enjoy it. Watching football. There's nothing wrong. I'm probably going to change the rules up a little bit next year. I think it's fun to change them around. I I, I definitely agree. Um, and yeah, supposedly there was a fantasy football team at work, which I'm probably not going to play next year because reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's that was that was our week. I went undefeated. I'm in first round by. Will is going to take down Brigger. Des might be done with fantasy yeah, he, football. He beat me twice this year, and it's this happens in real football. The, the <laughs> teams will sometimes face off in the playoffs for the third time during the season. And the team that won the first two times inevitably loses. Loses because they want it. They want it so bad. It's too hard to beat a team three times. Yeah, I agree. Just remember, this is fantasy football, so it's not really based on any rules of reason. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, you say that, but then again, but then again, again. no, I mean, I I mean, mean, I don't have any follow up to that. I'm just really open for a single for a single game. (laughs) But but right, like Dan Dan going into our game, don't they? No, Dan going into our game. If I told you you were going to get combined ten points from. Um, Gurley Gurley and and Peterson, I wouldn't have believed it. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, like, sometimes your team just doesn't produce, and it's, you can look at it, and there's times when you're like, well, that team they were playing was a, was a, a good run defense, so maybe I shouldn't have started that running back. And sometimes it's just things like, your running back goes down on the third play, or whatever. I mean, like, you know, it, 
it's really hard to view a single like Dan did much better than me on the season. He deserves props for that. But the fact that he beat me in two individual games in those games, I would say that the events that occurred aren't really predictable, at least not 100 percent. Well, no, I mean, it's all I mean, there is an element of luck to it. All you're trying to do is mitigate your your risk. You're going to get your risk. That's all you're doing. And at least some of Dan's success came to the fact that he only lost one player all season. I, yes, I, I oh, lost yeah. Andrew no, Luck. The, and the, then I ended up picking up Fitzpatrick, and he's been doing okay. Yeah, He's been doing okay for me. The person who won our work league last year didn't show up to the draft. We just sort of drafted for her by taking sort of reasonable picks at every round. Yeah. Which is actually really great for somebody, because if you pick on your own, you'll make an unreasonable pick here or there. Of like, course you will. screw up. If the consensus drafts for you... You're going to have a good team. We'll just make a you, good team. You have an average team, but a pretty good average team. Like. And none of her players got hurt. The whole year, she had to make no transactions. That's good. She crushed everybody. That's and at good. the end, she's all very happy for herself. Yeah. It was like, yeah, congrats to the person who drafted your team. <laughs> That's all of us. Passive aggressive. So, I, I, before we before we get, I do want to I do want to start. Um, so the people have listened to our top five albums mm-hmm. podcast, and right. um, Jeff from History of Bad Ideas and Randall Holt actually got into a discussion about Queen Strike. Um, oh no! Uh, yes, and they like. I'm pretty sure I spent that whole like thing being like, oh, that's a good pick. Oh, that they're really good. I don't really listen to them, but you know, great anyway. Queensbury's the only one where I'm like, no. So uh, Jeff had said, just to let you know, Silent Lucidity is not representative of most Queensbury music and not on the albums mentioned. And then Randall responded, I haven't listened yet. I assume he didn't like my choice. And then Jeff had mentioned that you were very anti-Queenstrike. And um, the uh, the response to that was, what can you expect from a Radiohead fan? So Exactly. Wow. So, yeah, they um, uh, they actually gave me a couple of albums to uh, to listen to if I do have a penchant for Queen or for anything. And I want to listen to some Queenstrike. Green, I can't even say it. Dan, you can't you can't <laughs> listen to a band whose name you can't pronounce. I, I think can that's say, a rule, right? I can say Anatoly Sergeyevsky, but I can't say... Yeah, um, and then we did get one from somebody. No, it was me. I don't know. Somebody listened and liked what we did. It was awesome. That's really great audience response work there, Dan. So I think good it job. was. I think it was uh, Randall Holt again. Um, good albums mentioned, and I guess all I want to do is not on self-titled. Was like is what Garth Brooks? No, that's uh, Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow. Oh, it's not. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, we did talk about Cheryl Crow. Yeah, we did. We did yeah. when we were doing our. Um, Whatever you call it. Podcast? No. <laughs> <laughs> what is it called? What God, I suck tonight. I'm wow. sick and I suck. Top five records? Top five. Uh, I don't know mentions. Somebody mentioned Cheryl oh. Crow. Somebody mentioned Cheryl Crow. So. I don't know which songs of hers were on which albums. I never owned one. <laughs> so, but you probably did. Looking at my wife. Did you want a Cheryl Crow album? No. No? Really? I just put it on the radio. I recorded I, it on tape. Oh yeah, see the thing where you you you, you put the tape in and you I record could, off I the radio. I could have told you it wasn't on the self-titled album, but I can't tell you the album title. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I, I did. I've never owned a Cheryl Crow. I was, Crow I was a senior. The names of any of the I albums. was a senior in 1995. I'm pretty sure that whatever that CD is is in my senior yearbook. I'm sure as like yeah. top albums of the. I'm sure. I, I remember. I think it was. I think it was my senior year. And somebody, a really cute girl that was in my studio class did, of course she may not have been cute, I might be remembering this incorrectly, but there was a girl <laughs> who did like... Dan, I just don't remember if she was cute. Dan, I mean, unless we say it, that... You've got it backwards. She was cute. 
the question is, was she cute to Dan Zisco or was she cute to the world? Uh, exactly. Um, uh, she did. There, we did like a variety show, and she did strong enough. She actually got somebody up there and played the guitar, and she sang a rendition of Cheryl Crow's "Strong Enough," which was the first time I'd heard that song. And I actually fell in love with that song for a period of about four years. I was like, "Oh, that reminds me of high school." Now that love goes away. Like yeah. I'm just like, eh, I've grown in my musical taste, and it's it's acceptable. <laughs> Acceptable. <laughs> all right, I got eight topics. One of them, Des is going to say nobody cares, but that's okay. You all can leave Probably the room. More than Dude, one. I, I tell you that nobody <laughs> cares to all the topics. Did you put? Week. Did you start putting non-news on the, the list again? <laughs> no. If you have, if, if somebody have a news topic they'd like to talk about. Um, news. Like everybody's talking about a brokered convention for the. Oh Republican. yeah, you know Donald Trump is you know a fascist asshole. Yeah, I mean Ben Carson thinks he's going to get a vote if he runs independently. You right. know that stuff. That's, that's Normal. Didn't didn't uh, Cruz do a climate change speech where he was totally wrong? Yeah, he blew the whole thing. What do you expect? <laughs> so that's what's going on in the news. News. Newsy news. Yeah. All Actually, right. the one we were discussing on the way over. Uh, <coughs> so the Playboy's not going to do fully nude photos. I, and and, no, and uh, they're just a uh, magazine now. Yeah, they're not. Well, uh, because it was always just very tasteful, and people are. Right. You can get you can get hardcore stuff on the internet, and why oh. would you look at Playboy? So they called a forty-eight-year-old Pam Anderson and told her they wanted her to do the last one ever. That they didn't want anybody else. They just wanted her. I feel like that's. And she's like, cool. Yeah, I feel like and I'm like, what do your teenage kids think about that? She's like, whatever. I don't care. I feel like that's a thing. Why not? Think, she was in Playboy, so I think that's. <coughs> yeah, this is actually an interesting story to me because I think it's actually quite the opposite. I know they um, quoted the proliferation of of internet pornography as one of the reasons why they're not doing it anymore. Kay. I think it's honestly that the editorial staff wants people to admit that Playboy is kind of like a top 10 American cultural affairs magazine. Yeah. And has been for about 15, 20 years. Exactly. And as long as there's a bunch of nude pictures in it, then it's really hard to make that case to everybody. No, I agree. And the Playboy has had some great articles. They've had, they've, and look, the interviews are incredible. Articles are incredible. They really have a good sort of yeah, I'd be willing, style and voice about I'd American be culture. I'd bet that their subscriptions go up without nudes. Oh, that's Because I think there's a lot of people out there who probably would subscribe to their content minus the the pornographic f- photographs, but there's not a lot of people out there who are still buying Playboy for the for spreads. The, for the nudes, yeah. Right? No. You know, there's not many left. I'm not saying that, that, that guys who are reading the cultural affairs stories and interviews aren't also flipping it open and going, oh, look, nude girls. But, like, I don't think they're buying it for the nude girls. You don't think? No, I don't think so. I don't not think the so people either. who are currently subscribed. So I think that their subscribers probably go up. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so either. I think uh, that, that would be good. I mean, because it, the magazine is an old institution. You don't want it to go away per yeah. se. No, um, and, and I think what their I think their plan is to go. It's very excited to become a slightly more risque version of the New Yorker, somewhere yeah. between the New Yorker and the Atlantic is what they're they're, I, they're thinking. I, I think that's a great spot to. Yeah, for, you're not going to be able to change perception on that. Yeah, not, not in the near future. I actually got, and my mother-in-law was very angry that she bought it for me. But she bought it for me. I think she was my mother-in-law who bought it for me. I got the uh, the Hugh Hefner biography, which was very interesting. Um, like he's just when he was a kid, like all over the place. Like the, the the actual definition of a kid who did not fit in and like kind of wanted to make the world his own way and march to a beat of a different drummer. 
And so he did. He was just like, well, nobody's doing this. So I'm going to do it because I can't work for or with anybody. <laughs> and so he did. And then he got like crazy into drugs. Like, he was the guy who was popping like, uh, I, I don't know. I think they were just the ben- like popping bennies like he did back in the day. And he'd be up for days like drawing cartoons and coming up with ideas for stories. And like it just. And then then in the, the 70s, and I don't necessarily know if, if he, he meant to be there. The, the, the biography kind of leaves it sort of ambiguous. They sort of made him one of the culture warriors for like the pro love, pro sex movement, and he embraced it because he was like, "Why the fuck not? Like, that's okay. I'm just gonna do that." Like uh, that's it was a, a very interesting biography. I think it's called Mr. Playboy. If you haven't read it and you're looking for something to read, go read it. It's it's yeah. really really interesting. What I think would be interesting would be to do <coughs> kind of a '70s history of the self promoter. Okay. And have Hefner in there as one of your of one of your people you're talking about. Stan Lee is one of those people yep. you're talking about. This entire era of, of men who basically spent all their time being successful versions of Donald Trump. Gene Simmons. Gene Sim- well, in the 70s, was really interesting for that because the, the sort of the old studio, um, movie studio, music studio model kind of died. But the 80s kind of corporatization of it really hadn't started yet. And so the 70s was just really it for at least for art and people just making their own way because... Why not? There's nothing else going on. We don't have to do uh, the, 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 you know, the way we used to do it in the 60s. And it hasn't been corporatized by these giant publicly traded companies by the time the late 80s came. So it would be an interesting like, documentary, I think, mm-hmm. to see. Oh, my God. My son is... What did they feed you? Hey, Grayson. What are you doing? He's, he's running. He's doing his thing. All right. I got eight topics. That's yeah. not Playboy or News. So All right. What do you got, Will? Six. Number six. Okay, the X Men Apocalypse trailer came out today. Did everybody watch it? No. Really? I haven't seen an X Men movie ever. No, I don't know. I don't know why you have me on this podcast. I don't because you're my friend. Yeah. Yeah, that's you asked me, and and so I'm here. uh, It it was, um, Sansa Stark doing a bad American accent. Oh no. Yeah, it's it's not that great. Um, the final shot is Xavier, bald Xavier, in the chair. He looks like uh, Agent Forty Seven from Hitman. Patrick Stewart? <laughs> no, no, it's it's presumably James Mac. It's James uh, McAvoy with, with yeah. no hair. With oh, no is this hair. like a prequel or something? Yeah, it's another prequel. Oh no, it's another because they rebooted the universe after the last one. Oh no. Yeah, um, it's got Jennifer Lawrence playing with. What's wrong? Oh, you got food. Go show mommy. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's got Jennifer Lawrence who's playing Mystique, but she's never blue, and you can just tell she doesn't want to be there, even in the trailer. Like, I'm doing this because. I'm contractually. I'm contractually, to be exactly. There. And so, like, the lines are just. I mean, she's doing the Jennifer Lawrence thing, which is adorable, but you can definitely tell when Jennifer Lawrence wants to be in a movie and doesn't want to be in a movie, and you can tell she doesn't want to be in this movie, just looking at the trailer. Although, it's probably better than that other Christmas movie she just made. Joy. But she got nominated for a Golden Globe for that, which. Joy actually. God, looks, that movie looked awful. Yeah, but Joy looks a lot better with the new trailer where it doesn't make her look like she's a female mafioso boss well it's just who's the, Can we the agree director the first this? trailer made her i only saw one trailer so i'm not which one david what's his name the guy puts out the same goddamn movie every, every year, year with the same actors in it every is this the guy who did the family stone no this he the did, guy uh, who did silver lines play oh okay yeah yeah <coughs> that guy oh and then he did american hustle yeah, yeah. like you just keep using the same, same people actors. and putting them in these movies yeah. and none of them are very good I believe it's like David Jennifer O. Russell. Is David, yeah, David O. Russell. I like Jennifer Lords. Uh, but no, I mean, it's, it's this X-Men apocalypse, the idea. And, and they, they've got, you know, more the Rose Byrne playing more McTaggart. And somebody on Reddit said that her X-Men name should be um, 
Captain Exposition because that's literally all she does in the trailer. It tells you what the whole movie's about. That there was a mutant and he's immortal and he was the first mutant and he's come back and he's taking over everything and there's four mutants with him and in the movie one of them is Storm and I think one of them's Magneto and it's going to be how we get everyone together. It's like we've seen the, what this movie is about. I'm not, it's not that I'm not excited because Brian Singer X-Men movies tend to be very good. Um, it's just... Do they? Yeah, I like Brian Singer X-Men movies. It was just funny. You talk about an original mutant who shows up with four other ones, and I'm like, are they just crossing us up with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? There is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, too. <laughs> with Rocksteady and Bebop. Yeah. That's coming out. That trailer dropped I can't this week. Did that movie, the first one, make enough money it to make a sequel? made enough money to make a sequel. I, I didn't. And what, what about Sinseriously? What about Stephen Amell? Stephen Amell is playing Casey Jones. He is playing Casey Jones in it, which I actually might see that movie because Stephen Amell is playing Casey Jones. I like Stephen Amell, and I think he's going to do really well at that part. Is he wearing another shitty wig? <coughs> what? <laughs> There was this whole article. Donatello, you have failed this city. There was this whole article this week about uh, shitty wigs that people have worn <laughs> in movies and TV shows, mm-hmm. and one of them they specifically called out was like Stephen Amell for like all of their flashback things. Like, oh yeah, yeah, we need the long hair. Oh yeah, the hair's pretty bad on, bad on the island. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the the hair for most I, of his flashbacks are, is terrible. I have, but when, when it comes to hair, though, I have to salute Stephen Amell. <coughs> He's the only actor I've ever really seen tell the world and the company that makes his television show that his hair's going gray and that he's not dying it. Oh. He did that on his Facebook page like a year ago. He just went someone was asking about like what if you do like as many seasons of Arrow as you have they done, done of Supernatural and his response was can we get through five first? Mm-hmm. Right? And then his response was and he goes I haven't told the CW this yet but I'm going gray and I'm not dying it. Yeah. Um. So, old yeah. man, join the club. Yeah. You're, 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 gray. you're almost white. You're getting the white. The stage. sides are totally gray. I'm still, still mostly brown on top. It's all right. You look distinguished. We keep talking yeah. about this. You look very distinguished. Yeah, well, yeah. It's true. All right. Well, nobody saw the trailer. It was, it was what you'd expect. An ex- I wish I could claim like. that I specifically <laughs> avoided watching the trailer, but in reality, I just was at school all day. Yeah. Um. I saw it was up. I didn't care. Yeah, but all no. Right. The the real problem. I don't really care. I'll still probably see it. Yeah. I'll probably say I'll probably it's not like I have negative feelings about it. Haven't there like um, IMDB or like Rotten Tomatoes ratings just like fallen and fallen and fallen on these movies? Uh, you know, Days of Future Past was actually pretty good. No, it wasn't. I liked Days of Future Past. No, I, I, I did. I didn't like First Class that much, were, but I did like Days of Future Past. There were things that were that in title doesn't even make sense. Days of Future Past that were that were funny and good, but um, it ended up being a giant. It's kind of like if all of a sudden you just invited Tim Burton back and he made a Batman movie and said. <laughs> All these other Batman movies never occurred. No, what he should do is make a Batman movie with Michael Keaton. Yeah. Like a sequel to Batman Returns, like it never happened. Yeah. That would be amazing. C- can it be Dark Knight Returns instead of that piece of crap that Zack Snyder's making? I, I think that piece of crap is going to be amazing. I really do. And I think that you have a serious really mental do. problem. I think it's going to be good. I think, I think it looks like it's going to be a good movie. I'm very excited about it. And there's going to be a lot more. A lot I more think, DC movies. Very I excited. I think we're going to have... Well, I, for, for your sake, Dan, I hope that's true. We given, will do another two-part drunken given, episode. No, that's going to happen because Will's... Provided we can get Will to watch this oh, I'm movie. I'm going to watch the movie. Oh, no, we should all go he's, together. He's I'm going to watch it. Just like it probably as much as Man of Steel, if not more. But No, I'm hopeful. Like no, I, I'm literally not going into this being like, I want to hate this movie and come to a drunken two-part episode. Like I want this movie to be good. Okay. Well, <clears throat> you haven't seen Jesse Eisenberg really yet. I saw him in the trailer. He's he's playing. You saw him uh, in the fixed trailer. He's playing Mark Zuckerberg with long hair. Yeah, 
You saw him in the fifth He's pretty trailer. much playing every role I've ever seen him play, ever. And it's quite possible, again, like with Jared Leto, we've seen six seconds of him. He's like, he's going to be in a whole movie. There's a lot more that no, so he's that, that, that movie, I'm, I'm not going to get around to watching. Squad? No. Yeah. I don't, it probably, probably won't even catch it on Netflix. Yeah. I just don't care. Wow. That's, well, that's how I feel about Suicide Squad, too. They're doing nothing so far to make me care about anybody who's in it. I, you don't want to yeah. see Margot Robbie play uh, Harley Quinn? I think she's going to oh. be great as Harley Quinn. Yeah. Dan, I like I would, what I Will would Smith's like is Will to Smith, see her play Harley Quinn. Not that thing they obviously have her playing, which is looks sort of like Harley Quinn, but isn't Harley Quinn. I think she's going to be great. I think it's going to be a great um, interpretation but, of Harley. But no, I, uh, for your sake, Dan, I, I hope you're right. It's not like I want Warner Brothers to fail. It's just that their numbers with Man of Steel were acceptable, they were okay. but, but not they weren't flashy. Yeah, no. They, you're right, they weren't. I, I don't imagine that... This movie will get them flashy numbers. I know Suicide Squad won't. No. So there is like an upward limit to how much money you can kind of put out in making these movies if your returns are modest. You know, so I mean, I hope for your sake they're, they're able to keep going at least long enough to for whatever person keeps letting Zack Snyder do movies to realize maybe we should use someone else because this is, this is getting us these numbers which aren't the numbers we want. I, uh, I thought of you, because uh, I'm on r slash DC Cinematic, and somebody was talking about I th- either Batman doing something, and their phone auto-corrected to Barman. Yep. And there was a whole thread about Barman, Bar the, the hero that we need after, you know, because I'd done that with you, and you and I went back and forth. Technically, <coughs> technically so I thought of you. Barman is happening. It, like, like here? It's on, Will. On the next what? half season what? of The Walking Dead. Oh, no, I don't watch The Walking Dead. Yes, but... Um, I don't watch that at all. But he's now playing Negan in in The Walking Dead, which is kind of sort of Barman. Wait, was he referring to me as Barman because because I'm a lawyer? Is that no? At first, we, I thought he was just calling me an alcoholic, and no, actually, those two concepts are pretty up similar. With Barman, um, it was what's his name? Dan, what's his name? Who? The dad from Supernatural, the guy from The Losers. I know who you're talking about. He was in Dark. Uh, he was in Magic City. Yeah, I just can't remember. This is a three-name name, but I can't remember. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is playing Negan on The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I did. I which did. is kind of, sort of, if a psychotic bartender took over a group of survivors in a zombie apocalypse, that's kind of that character. So he is kind of he's playing kind of playing Barman. Bar I love it. He's just an, he's not even an anti-hero. He's a villain. Well, maybe Barman is a villain. Maybe he's the guy who gets you drunk and then you get DUIs. That's his superpower. All right, I got... Uh, nobody saw that. <coughs> I got eight more topics. I'm not as uh, excited today because I'm just not feeling well, but that's okay. We're going to press on. I got seven more topics. William's getting more beer, so my dice guy is gone. Eight. Number eight. <laughs> or seven. Or seven. All right, apparently that uh, I, there was a rumor revival of uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, which apparently is happening. Yeah, it's um, going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing. And they're like, getting it Dan Harmon to be one of the writers. And it was Mystery Science Theater 3000 ever good? That's why we no, like that's it. Not, that's not what I mean. What I mean is I love the idea of them coming back and doing Mystery Science Theater 3000 again. But you've taken Jonah Ray, the person I dislike the most on the Nerdist podcast, and you've coupled him with Felicia Day, the person I dislike most in general, nerdery. Yeah, but you got to you got to understand, people love Felicia Day and people no, love what's his bucket. I'm not I saying don't everybody about, needs but. to dislike it too, but it's like they specific about the only 
thing they could do to make it worse from my standpoint is put Seth Rogen in charge of the whole thing. And oh, God. You see what I'm saying? I mean, like, they've, picked, they've picked people I'm specifically kind of <clears throat> tired of. I'm not tired of the other people <laughs> in kind of their relative spheres of influence. Like, I'm not sick of Will Wheaton. I'm not sick of um, Chris Hardwick. How could you get sick of Will Wheaton? Matt is anybody Vera? sick of Will Wheaton? He's on Big Bang Theory. He's just like the nicest guy in the world, though. I'm kind of sick of him on Big Bang Theory. I don't watch Big Bang Theory. I'm sick of that Will Ever. Wheaton. Um, it's okay. No, actually, I'm thinking of Seth Rogen. I'm like, if you just had like a Raffi and Dirty Randy watch back, I would watch. I would actually watch that and comment on them. And, I, you know, after about 15 minutes in, when it's boring listening to watch somebody uh, watching one of these movies, they just get up and go on an adventure. I might watch. Yeah, that. I would actually yeah. watch that. Uh, that's that's the <coughs> the thought process of a man who hasn't yet seen the animated episode of the. League. I have not seen the animated episode. No. They did an AMA. The cast and crew of the League did an AMA, and it was like the second question down to Joseph Renazizi. Is that his name? About nine eleven, Stephen. Right, Stephen Ray. About nine eleven. They're like, I, somebody's got to ask it. So, how did nine eleven? Your lie about nine eleven affect the show? And they were like, How is that the first question? It, the first question should be very simple. It was the second question. The very first question should be, Say, guys, did you stick around a season too long? Yeah. <laughs> did you what? Did they go one season too long? Oh yeah, I think they did. I watching this what I see from this season, I, I I think they went one season too long. But somebody asked it, and like his response was, "Steve came out and was very honest with all of us, and we tried to make it a non-issue. And people make mistakes. Blah 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 blah." I'm like, that was a very PC answer because what we were looking for was this fucker made, yeah. But I'm I'm surprised somebody had the balls to ask. But it's Reddit, of course. Somebody's yeah. gonna ask. Of course, somebody's gonna ask. That's gonna be a thing. Um, Mr. Sensitive three thousand in general. Yeah, yay. Um, I mean, I watched a little bit of it back when it was on, you know, and enjoy it. it for little bits of time or whatever, but it was never like a thing I was really into. I, I still think love it. my big problem with it is that they still do riff tracks. They're not coached in Mystery Science 3000. It's just them yeah. making fun of movies. But I mean, like, why would I? Why would I watch mystery a new Mystery Science Theater three thousand when you can just get riff tracks? When I can just go and watch a riff tracks at at, at the at the, the, yeah. the movie theater? It's kind of like you cast a new science guy and Bill Nye's still doing TV as the science guy. I'm going to go watch Bill Nye. What about Mr. Wizard? Mr. Wizard was a dick. Did you ever hey, see any of those episodes? Yeah. yeah. Watch the right? YouTube clip on they that. He was so mean to those kids. They didn't try to relaunch Reading Rainbow without Lavar. No. Right. And I'm mean, like, how can you? Yeah, so I mean, like it, to me, it just seems like a unless he's dead. Maybe maybe a new generation of, of of fans will like it. I don't know that it'll be particularly successful amongst the the previous shows fans. <sighs> I think what's going to happen is you're going to get a lot of people in the beginning that are going to be into it because they were the previous shows fans. But if you don't get something magic in a bottle again real quick, those fans are going to leave. Just like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of felt like it played its course like 15 years ago. I mean, it was brilliant. It was, I, 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 I never watched it. I thought it was stupid. And then I caught it randomly one day, probably about a year after it was on. And the, the guys were just doing something. And they had a little ditty about whatever was going on on the screen. And for some reason, that just tickled my fancy. And I, Did you catch like the Manos hands of fate? It tickled my fancy. It just captured my imagination. And I died. I died laughing, like tears rolling down my face laughing. And I've watched it ever since. Like it was because there's always at least one moment in every episode that that happened to me. That tears would be rolling down my face. Half of the jokes were just like, "Okay, guys, come on!" But they got to fill the time. At least once per episode, I and it was worth it. It's it's you know it was worth it. It's like you know continuing gambling just to get that one perfect mm-hmm. hand that you get. All right, I got six more topics. Okay. Hopefully, we'll get to that point in this episode sometime soon. Which is the part where people think it's funny. 
Yeah, I don't think this is funny. This is terrible. Number five. five. Uh, apparently, and I, who does, whoever does the pre-Hugger Games movies, is it Warner Brothers? It probably is. Um, they're now talking, because we own the movie rights, we're going to make prequels. Oh, no. And I'm like, no, don't make prequels. I like the Hunger Games. I like the movies. Tell the story and move on. No, we can make prequels. We can talk about how the Capitol came to power. We can talk about other Hunger Games. We can go back to Woody Harrelson's character. Why? No, you know, Just don't. You, yeah, you could have one where uh, <laughs> one of the people who's in the current cast wins theirs and nothing else happens. Everything goes back to the way it was because that's what happened. Alternate history? No, no, no. It's just... They won, and they won, and the government didn't get taken down, and nobody even nope. thought to. Yeah, and we'll do another Hunger Games next year. Yeah, and they, they could literally do seventy-four Hunger Games movies <laughs> because it was the seventy-fifth annual. They could literally do seven, seventy-three well, Hunger Games movies. The real problem is that the people who run that studio are stupid. Yeah, I, I, I I'm God, I, I don't um, know who. Now I want to. While I don't want to have like seventy-three Harry Potter prequels. Oh, but you I, I will. understand where they come from. They come from a place where even though the Harry Potter story is a dark story about a war, <laughs> it takes place in a world in which people want to exist in that world. The Hunger Games is a dystopian story. I don't know many people who want to live in a dystopia. I don't want to live in dystopia. This is dystopia. You already live in a dystopia. Yes, because of Donald Trump. Are you picking because on of Donald Trump. Trump. No, I mean just America uh, in general. It's Lionsgate, which I knew. Yeah. I knew that it was Lionsgate because they stayed with us. I knew that they was Lionsgate uh, last year during Comic Con, but I can't. I, I don't know. I don't. I, they're not how could you have forgotten that? Damn it! No, Dan. because the, you know how long Lionsgate owed me money. <laughs> it literally got. To bitches the point, owe me fifty bucks. It literally got to the point where I'm like, do I fucking have to call Jennifer Lawrence? Like, Dan, bitches owe me money. That's because Lionsgate, Lionsgate really only has Hunger Games. Like $2? And yeah, they're making they Hunger Games. And, no, well, they're, and not dis- had, they're not distributing. Had, I think somebody else is distributing. They? Had, yeah, but they don't distribute. I don't think they distribute any of their movies. Um, they're not a distributor. They're a, a film production company. But they, they, um, they've had a lot of not successful movies in the last five or ten years. Like, I think they did that Nicolas Cage Drive movie. The drive angry, whatever the hell it was. I don't called. know. They did the whoa, 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 here we go. Here we go. In development. Distributor, Lionsgate. The My Little Pony movie. <laughs> They're doing the Divergent series. The Power Rangers movie. Robin Hood Origins all twenty seventeen. Robin Hood Origins. Um My Cousins Get a Wedding. Well, they do the Expendables <laughs> movies? Um uh, let's see what yeah, else. Yeah, I think they probably do. Them or Dimension. Uh Dirty Grandpa. Let's see. These are all 2016. All right, so let's 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 get a little bit further back. Um, Hunger Games, American Ultra. Yeah, uh, that thing did really great. Not. Geez. It's kind of it's kind of like if you took the, Age of Adeline. Wait, I want to do my review of American Ultra real quick. If you took the most loathsome American male teenager, <gasps> they did the and you paired him with the most loathsome <laughs> female American teenager, and you tried to make a movie. In which you're supposed to care if they die. That was American Ultra. Really? Is this the one with Kristen Stewart? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wait, Jesse, that was Jesse Eisenberg. Eisenberg, who played the stoner, who... That looked like it could have been funny. Wait, did that come out? Yeah. yeah did very, it? Very, yeah. very briefly. Oh. It looked like it, 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 it... The trailer made it seem like it had some potential. No? You're telling me no? No. No? Damn. Oh, that's unfortunate. <clears throat> but yes, they did do The Expendables, William. <clears throat> Bill Pullman... Was funny in his like one thirty second scene, and what's her name from Spin City was not so bad. What's her name, Dan? The red haired girl from Spin City. Remember her name? No, Spin City. 
Yeah, the Michael J. Fox show. Yeah, I remember it. We're dating she was back, al- though. She was also on Brothers Capone. She's been in a lot of things, but like, yeah. if you know her, you know her from Spin City. I, don't, just, I can't remember her name right now. But yeah, uh, it was it was really it was it, it wasn't a very good Saw movies. They did the Saw movies. Oh yeah. God! It, the biggest problem with American Ultra was that it was designed to be a film where it appeared for about a half hour to be like an indie film, and then it turned into a spy drama, a la The Bourne Supremacy. Mm. Oh, okay. And um, yeah. they went ahead and advertised it like it was the spy movie. So any kind of cutesy thing the filmmaker was doing by specifically having it look like a indie film to begin with was completely lost because you told everyone what the movie was about. Yeah, and then, then that's that's bad marketing. Like yeah. like marketing killed But um, you, but you know what you get, Dan? You get bad marketing when you have a bad film. Marketing also killed another Jesse Eisenberg movie, Adventureland. Do you remember what no, 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 no. The movie itself killed them. Oh, that movie is beautiful. The marketing that movie to get them get them at least some audience. That movie that movie was marketed as something and it ended up being so much better and so much different than what the marketing uh, he was in Zombieland there. He was that. in Zombieland. Zombieland was yes. good. Zombieland yes. was good. Oh, um, but you know the there was another one piece of shit one. Uh, now you see me. Uh, I didn't. I a lot actually, of people like, actually like that. A lot of people one. really like that. My, my mother, no matter how many times she's seen it, when it's on TNT and it's been on TNT a lot, she watches that whole movie all the way through. I don't know why. She really likes it. It was good for like an hour, and then it just falls apart like you wouldn't believe. I have not seen it. Oh, and uh, a saw, lot of people say it. I saw it on the cruise ship, and I saw another one of his. Rachel and I sat down and watched one. It was based off of some. I don't know if it was Dostoevsky or some other Russian novelist. Like, Good for thing. you for pulling out Dostoevsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got that. Whatever. Notice, notice he also said some other Russian, Russian novelist. Yeah, other, yeah. It's not like uh, there's a large battery of Russian novelists in Will's head. I'm sure there's another couple I'd you know recognize by name. But anyway. Solonyinsky? Yeah, I don't know. Um, so the, the whole thing was like <sighs> him... At this like cold workplace, very Soviet to begin with, and then some other version of him, almost like Fight Club, but it's played by the same actor, shows up who's like a better looking, more confident other version of, of him. himself. And what happens after that? And it, it it sort of looked very interesting in the preview, and then about an hour <laughs> in, Rachel and I looked at each other like, "Why are we watching this? This is so bad." I've not. I've never seen it. I don't think it, it wasn't in theaters or anything. Oh, how did you see it then? Because I'm on a cruise ship and I was oh, bored. Oh, yeah, that happens on cruise ships. They, they play the same movie yeah, like 90 we'll, times. Will and... watches uh, more movies on airline flights and cruise ships than he watches in real life. Yeah, no, I watch way more on those things. I'm just looking at Lionsgate. Yeah. Anyway, so I got to see The Artist. The Artist was actually really good. The Artist was a great movie. My Except God. for the fact that I so wanted him to be deaf. Oh, that would have been amazing. <laughs> right? Like, I wanted that to be the dilemma. Not that he had like this, but the, the, like he literally was dead. That would have been amazing. Because there were all those scenes with the dog barking where you weren't really sure if you were supposed to be in the filmmaking or outside of Yeah, and maybe he just can't hear. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, even if you're a functional deaf person and you can speak somewhat, there's still, you know, quite often... <clears throat> Distortion in how you yeah, speak, you know. Yeah. So I mean, like, it, it was not the kind of thing where you could suddenly just continue. That would have been amazing. I would watch that movie. All right, I got six more left. Oh, yeah, I got six left in twenty minutes. Okay, your number, one. number one. Um, apparently it is true, and this is one for Des. Um, in Marvel Comics, not the movie, but mm-hmm. in Marvel Comics, they did announce Civil War Two. Yeah, um, yeah, it looks stupid. <laughs> I guess to uh, coincide with the movie, 
Marvel Civil War. Yeah, it looks stupid. So what 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 is what my, what is my son coming back? What is it? What is coming out of your nose, child? Know, he looks like he has a pine needle on his face. It, he does look like he has a pine needle on his face. Um, Civil War. I don't. Uh, yeah, Io Nine put it in such a way that they don't really know what heroes have to beat reason to beat each other up anymore. Yes, that that new Tony Stark Iron Man who I don't care about fighting the Falcon Captain America who I don't care about. Great storyline, Marvel. This is another thing that Marvel's doing, well like Secret Wars, where nobody cares. I don't know that nobody cares. Somewhere in this country, I'm sure there's someone who's like, this Falcon Captain America stuff's great. Do you want to bring back um, Steve Rogers? Are you ready? No, I, I, I've been kind of against that. Like, I was a big proponent of that particular run of, of Captain America. Um, up until they did that weird thing where they took the super soldier serum out of Steve and then all of a sudden he morphed into an old man. And it's been kind of downhill ever since. Like So, I mean, like for a good year and a half, two years, Captain America's been not really good. So after about two years, I'm just kind of, I'm done. I mean, like, what's my motivation to come back each month and read? Isn't he like the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. now? Who, Steve Rogers? <laughs> yeah, Cap, the old Captain America. Old? You, know, you mean slightly younger Captain America? Why is he slightly younger? Um, because he was 70-year-old Steve Rogers, like bent over and frail. And then after now Secret like Wars, he's now 50. He's like 50s Arnold, horribly steroid-induced muscly. Steve Rogers? Is he the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., though? I don't think so. I think he's leading an Avengers group. I don't remember which of the various titles it is. Because everybody's the, an Avenger now. No, I think... I No, it's not so much that. Um, I think that's the one that's called Uncanny Avengers. See, they have like... They have three they adjectives. Have, uh, they have Avengers. They have Secret Avengers. They have Uncanny. There's, there's a lot of Avengers titles. There's just too much going on in the Marvel I universe. read the first issue. I didn't like it very much. But the only thing I liked about it was the idea that to stay independent, Steve Rogers invited Deadpool to join the team because oh. they just sell so much Deadpool merchandising that you can fund a superhero team. That's amazing. It. That's a funny joke. That is a funny joke. But one <laughs> funny joke is not worth... You can't the, carry a funny joke BS over and over prices. again. No, no, no. It's not worth the BS prices Marvel charges for comic books. I'm much more prone to give a DC comic book some time to get better because their books are two ninety nine. Yeah, and there's Marvel. Marvel's is, they're four ninety nine now. Is that what they are? No, most of them are three ninety nine. Sometimes the first issue is like five ninety nine or four ninety nine. But it's just kind of like, yeah, no. You're either you get me right away or I'm I'm out because you're just too expensive. Your price point is is wrong. Your yeah. pricing model is, is is completely wrong, which basically is something for them to look at. I mean, yes, there's production costs that that you have to cover. But if you think that nobody's buying your books because your stories aren't good and you're trying to mix things up, maybe you should look at your price point. If your price point's well, too high, I don't think that's the case, Dan. I, I I'm not really sure that the sphere of influence that is Disney Marvel really has any care or concern for the comic books anymore. Yeah. As long as the comic books continue to be put out. Okay. Like they don't care what kind of quality they are. Because you've seen it, a lot of a lot of people have like left Marvel recently in the last year or so yeah. to do independent projects, and I can only presume it's because they haven't been offered like exclusive contracts or the type of pay that you would expect. Like specifically writers, not. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, I mean, it's it's. I don't. I don't think that whoever's running Disney Marvel, that you know, the publishing group, their chief concern is like how many comics we're selling. If they, all they care about is what's the perception with Disney? Do they think we're putting out new and interesting stuff that they can make movies out of? Because like that seems to be their only yeah. 
Which means the quality will go down yeah. over time. I yeah. mean, that's just that's just the way it is. And I, I, I feel like we may hate the Warner Brothers movies, or some people may hate the Warner Brothers movies, some people may love the Warner Brothers DCEU movies, but I feel like the quality of their comics, because they're still so separate, DC might get a better product. Eh, no. So. DC has the opposite problem. Which is? Their, the, the baseline of their product is so much worse. See, I disagree. I really like DC. No, that's DC. not what I mean, Dan. What I mean is like their methodology for making comic books. In what way? They, like, the, the most amazing thing of the new 52 is not the relaunch. It's the fact that for five years they had some comics with an ongoing five-year storyline. Like, that's unheard of with DC. Yeah. They hire someone, they come along, they write 20 issues. Once they're done, it's like, oh, my God, everything that just happened in the last 20 issues is it's Superman, gone. It's gone. We've got a new writer. Because we have a new writer. Yeah. It, that, that model <laughs> is just, it's hard to be successful. Do you think some of that is Jeff Johns kind of controlling what's going on from an artistic standpoint? No, I think Jeff Johns understood when they gave him free reign on his books that most comic books now are bought by late-age teenagers and adults who no longer want a simple storyline that you can be done in like three or four issues. They want complexity. So when he's given free reign, he does you know, 120 issues of Green Lantern where there are payoffs in issue 120. From some little tidbit that happened in issue one. And when you have a, a writer who writes all of that 10 years of... Mm -hmm. You can do that because you have some continuity. Yeah, and the problem isn't that DC's incapable nice. of doing that. I mean, like, I think the Snyder Batman is brilliant, right? I mean... Oh, absolutely. I don't think Snyder will go 120 issues, but I, I think it's brilliant. But it doesn't change the fact that outside of when they get a Snyder, outside of when they get a Jeff Johns, the editorial teams continue that DC mentality of, no, you... We, no, every story has to complete in one trade paperback. Yeah, no. So, I, like, so across the board, so many of their comics <laughs> are bad. Yeah, because you're trying because to... Because of that editorial mindset. I don't think it's I like agree with that. a problem with the characters. Although, let's face it, one of the big problems I have with DC editorial in the last 10 years is they've got a lot of really bad characters that they think are good. Such as um, Hawk and like Dove. every time they do like an OMAX story, you don't need any of that. No, don't need any of that. That's actually true. You don't need any of that. You know, I mean, like the fact that they continuously try to relaunch Booster Gold without <coughs> changing him, as if the seventeen times Dan Jurgens has done it before. No, just were, like keep him as a secondary character. Yeah. You don't need. He doesn't need to have his own book. Like, just let it go. Let it yeah, go. So, I mean, you know, I don't think it's like DC Comics are intrinsically like worse than than Marvel. I just think it's the way DC approaches. I, I do hear the this, editorial process. I do hear the Sinestro book that's going on right now is actually quite interesting, so I may have to pick it up. I haven't up. read it. Um, I'm really behind by DC. Look, the, the truth is I'm behind in Marvel, too, because I think both Convergence and Secret Wars lasted too long and caused me to just go... To stop reading. Why am I continuing to buy your books? Because I hate these little interim books, and I just didn't necessarily come back. I mean, like I've got the Snyder Batman stuff <coughs> just sitting around, and I haven't bothered to read it. That's how much I got out of reading those, those yeah. two particular companies. I think DC is probably better positioned than Marvel because DC still looks at their... They're still trying to make money publishing. Yes. Whereas I think at Marvel, it I don't think matter. they care if a book loses money. What they care about is what the whoever the person from Disney who oversees Marvel's division thinks of like the media of what they're doing. So you're going to see more things like you know making Thor a girl. Right, things that get you international news play, rather than good, well-written comic. Books. Somebody brought up, uh, but I don't want to, because you know, I, I miss with the sound of Will's voice. Um, somebody brought up that Marvel now 
is they they brought up all of the covers a bunch of what ifs from like the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. and all of the marvel storylines that are going on now are those things like what if jane foster found the hammer of thor like and that was his whole thrown out concept and now she's thor <laughs> i don't know about that i mean they i think they they the one thing i will give the thor the thor storyline is that they that wasn't something that was decided haphazardly Right, like I think it's Jason, um, I don't know, Aldred or something like that, who who writes that book. Okay. There's that whole long storyline with Thor in the future, which is at like the beginning of that run, which is like seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, there's still something they have to figure he's that missing out. Missing the hand, and no one calls him Thor. They all call him Odin, son, all father. You know, I mean, like it's not like he just suddenly like there was an edict from Marvel that said make Thor a girl. You know, like there was a plan seven years ago to do this. I'm just saying the people who are the head of Marvel were probably really happy when they got the word that they were going to be able to tell every national international news service that they were making Thor a girl. Because exactly. I think they're, they're really concerned with their press, not necessarily with how good their books are. And as the people on Fox News called it, what is she now, Thorina? Meaning they've never read a comic book in their life. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, I miss your voice. How are you? Uh, I miss your voice. You're, hey. you're on Reddit because we're talking comics and you yeah. know nothing about comics. Yeah, I was reading Reddit. I do, have four, I do have four topics left and I got about 10 to 15 minutes of audio that we should probably continue and do. So roll a dice. Number three. This is perfect because okay, the Golden good, Globe nominations. I was looking that part up because I figured it might be the only one on the list I have. The Golden Globe nominations were announced today, and I think this is actually a good one to, to end the podcast on. I had something on uh, Final Fantasy VII. I had something on the end of Doctor Who this season. Yeah, this is good. We can all talk about this. Why? 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 What? Why, why would you have the end of Doctor Who? Because on this I am interested in it, and I would like to give my then opinion. Start a podcast. As Dan <laughs> talks about Doctor Who. Yes, but I could take ten minutes on my podcast to talk about Doctor Who. Um, but okay, we okay, t- but you know what? <coughs> if you do that, Will and I reserve the right just to leave the table. That's fine. Claire's gone, by the way. No more Claire. She's gone. So? Off the show. Um, Is Matt Coleman actually physically dead? No. You mean like the actress? Yeah, so I can still like lust after Jenna Coleman even though she's not on Doctor Who. And, and, and Moffat being Moffat left the door open for her to return. I don't care. Because that's the what po- he does. The point I'm making is it's Jenna Coleman I like. I mean, I did like... Clara, really, I, I I just imagine that that's how Jenna Coleman is in real life. In real life, in real life, right? life. So, and I, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but even though I find Jenna Coleman very very attractive, that hasn't kept me watching the Capaldi Doctor Who. Fair enough. All right, Golden Globe nominations. Um, in you know normal fashion, they have usually a couple different categories for music and comedy and drama, and they also do film and, and television. And I haven't seen them because I was at school all day. Yeah. But I presume they're like 85 percent white people. Just like most movies, most, or yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just guessing. Uh, no, I'm already. I, I just started looking at the motion picture ones. We start the top, yeah, motion picture okay, drama. So the, the first thing that confuses me is there's five, five in the drama thing. I haven't heard of three of them. Okay, well, what are um, they? Maybe I've heard Carol. of them. Carol. I, I don't know what that is. That I don't know what it is. I think it was, I saw the the poster. It had Kate Blanchett and somebody in it. Um, Mad Max. Is on here, you know. Props for to them for drama for putting Mad Max in the best. Yeah, drama. and dr- best drama, Mad Max Fury Road. That's not a very That's, good drama. Isn't that crazy? Uh, the Revenant, <laughs> which is that Leonardo DiCaprio movie where he like fights with a what, bear the, and tries to kill Bane or something. I don't know. No, not I, Bane. It was the other guy. It was the. Bear. All I know about the Revenant is a true story about the guy who. His, no, it is Bane. His is Bane, uh, yes. his uh, the, the, wherever they were hunting or hiking or something back in the day, and his. 
the people that he was with basically betrayed him and left him for dead. Yeah. And he didn't die. And then he went and hunted all it's of a them. Reven- reven- it's a revenge flick tale. in the snow. That's all it is. Leonardo DiCaprio. But it's made by that guy who made Gravity. Um, the, yeah, uh, yeah. A um, movie called Room. Don't know yes, that, that is held captive for five years in an enclosed space. A woman, Brie Larson, and her five-year-old son, Jacob oh, okay. Tamblay, yeah. finally I've, gained their freedom, allowing I've, the boy to experience the outside world for the first time. Oh, that yeah. sounds like a fucking joy. Carol is Rooney Mara. Uh, Therese Belve spots the beautiful and elegant Carol, Kate Blanchett, pursuing the per perusing the doll displays. In perusing? 19- perusing. Thank you. Perusing. Thank you. In a 1950s Manhattan department store, the two women develop a fast bomb that becomes a love with complicated consequences. Okay. That's in the room. Or Carol. That's called, Carol. Something called Spotlight. Spotlight. Let's look that one up. Spotlight movie. I have no idea what these things are. And, um, I think that's because a lot of them like it, you're really gonna love the comedy ones. Spotlight in 2001, editor. Ma- oh, I've seen this. Uh, no, no, this is not the one I think it is. In 2001, editor Marty Baron of the Boston Globe assigns a team of journalists to investigate it's allegations one, against it's John the one about Gogan, the Catholic priest, an unfrocked priest accused of molesting more than 80 boys. Oh, well, these are all freaking. Well, they're yeah, drama. Fine. That's why. Well, yeah, but the, one of the reasons you don't know about them, Will, is I'm a little spi- surprised to have that the Revant's on that on that list. And that's because uh, I know it's not in any movie near theater near me, um, which means it may be released in L.A. and New York just to be eligible for the Golden Globes. Oh, it's going to go wide. as Leonardo No, DiCaprio eventually. Yeah, eventually. But I mean, like a lot of times, like, like Whiplash <coughs> is the only thing from last year that was in limited in L.A. and New York when it got nominated that some people had actually heard about for the most part. Usually... Mm-hmm. People have, in general, haven't heard about those films because they, yeah. they spend five weeks in LA and New York just getting eligible for award season because they really want to release in January after the awards have been, um, the nominations have been announced. That's what they use to market their films. Right. So the comedy ones are interesting because they have Spy on here, and that was uh, the what's her name? Melissa McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Melissa McCarthy. So Brian really liked that movie. So you know, you know, it's a comedy to begin with. Then they get to the big short because. A movie about the mortgage-backed security crisis is obviously a comedy. I guess as long as it has so Steve Carell in it, it must be a it's comedy. It's a dark right? comedy. I, I think, think it's a dark comedy. Well, I mean, Christian Bale, Brad Pitt. In the, like, it's in even the same better. Way, in the same way that didn't Birdman end up in comedy yes. last year? I mean, like, yes. you know. Oh, no, no. They're, they're topping it this year. The fucking Martian is listed in comedy. Comedy or musical? It, oh, okay, it's so neither of those. <laughs> How the fuck did this end up in comedy section? It's a drama about a guy who's been stranded on Mars and they are trying to rescue him. That's like putting Apollo 13 comedy, in the comedy, comedy section. section. <laughs> Not, it's uplifting. Maybe it's uplifting. I haven't seen the Martian. Maybe it's uplifting. You can see it. it maybe it maybe it ends. Okay, happy. I saw. I haven't seen it. It's not a comedy. No. I promise. Does it end happy at least? Sure. He survives. Uh, then it ends happy. And Nobody he dies. Looks, he looks like one of those thin people who are permanently malnourished. He doesn't jump out of a spaceship into a tesseract. Well, that's a thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, you never got around to saying Interstellar. Yeah. No, but I know the end. I I know what's uh, kind of going and on. And then there. Trainwreck is on here, and I don't know what that is. Trainwreck is the oh, Amy Schumer. Oh, it's the LeBron James movie. That was hilarious. Uh-huh. Okay. It made me all of a sudden like LeBron James. All right. He was amazing at it. Why didn't you like LeBron oh. James to begin with? It just because I'm like I, I always kind of thought like he went to Miami. He was in Cleveland, and they spent a bunch of money. And Cleveland loved him. Then he was like, "Fuck you, Cleveland. I'm going to Miami." And then Miami didn't pan out. And he's like, "Hey, Cleveland." What? Like he's just like a ring chaser and kind of a douchebag. And then we watched. Uh, train wreck and i'm like you have amazing comedic timing and i kind of want to be your best you know, friend Dan, oh, uh, joy is also on comedy before that i think i did tell you that lebron james decided that like everybody who goes to the university of akron should go for free yeah but now i want to hang out with him so he, beer. G- he gave them like a 90 million dollar endowment 
Yeah, but I, but because it was in a movie, Des. Now I want to hang out with him. Yeah, Trainwreck was actually a really cute movie. Uh, I I actually liked it a lot. Um, Rian and I uh, rented it and just thought it was wonderful. It was good. It made us laugh. And Amy Schumer, really cute body, really weird face. Yeah, that's really not my problem with Amy Schumer. Like like I like her comedy. I think she's funny. I, I just, like I'm like Ugh. I like some of her comedy, and then some of I don't want to say it goes too far, but it goes beyond. It pushes past the line. Of funny to me. Okay, that's fair. Because I could see that. I absolutely it's, could see it's, that. It's like if you had pulled back to like twenty percent from where you went, I would have still found the joke funny. But you took it twenty percent too far. I I, I I totally understand. that. I'm liking the actresses in comedies. Nah, I mean, we have see, okay. we have Jennifer Lawrence. It's just fine. Melissa McCarthy, yeah. Lily Tomlin, Amy okay. Schumer. So people you expect to be in comedies, and then Maggie Smith. <laughs> because you know Maggie Smith really love, killed it at her last I, HBO stand-up. I special. love the Golden Globes. What is this? Is for the Lady in the Van? I've like, never heard the, of how it. How the fuck did Amy or did Maggie, Maggie Smith get nominated for a comedy award? You know, this is because Maggie Smith is actually quite funny. You do know Maggie Smith is the comedy on Downton Abbey. Yeah, right? she's hilarious on Downton Abbey. I mean, I know that you don't think of a, a a little white lady outside of you know Betty White being the comedy. Okay. But. No, 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 no. See, British—they have this—they have this real split where they have British comedy that means Monty Python, which is funny, and there is this other version of what they call British comedy, where there nobody tells a joke and nothing ever said is funny. It must only make sense in English. Have you never seen like the Harry Potter movies? No, because she's funny in the Harry Potter movies too. Never seen it. Will you tell your husband that Maggie Smith is funny? Maggie Smith is funny. The movie that she's in is called The Lady in the Van. In 1973, London, playwright Alan Bennett, who's played by Alex Jennings, develops an unlikely friendship with Miss Shepard, played by Maggie Smith, a homeless woman who lives in a van in his driveway for the next 15 years. Oh, wow. That's so British. That is like that is like the quintessential British movie right there. They have homeless people in Britain? They do. <laughs> there are really poor ghetto did, parts of London. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. What did, what did Lily Tomlin get? Uh, um, something called Grandma. Grandma. Let's see. Yeah, Matt Damon was actually nominated for Best Actor in a Motion Picture for The Martian. For comedy. For comedy. I'm sorry. For comedy. For comedy. Along with Christian Bale, Steve Carell for both The Big Short, Al Pacino for Danny Collins, and Mark Ruffalo, Infinitely Polar Bear. I don't know what that movie is. ridiculous. But I want to see it. Best Actor in a Motion Picture. That's a good title. Best Actor in a Motion Picture is interesting. Brian Cranston for Trumbo. And Trumbo's not nominated for anything else. I think he's going to win. Fastbender for Steve Jobs. Eddie Redmayne for The Danish Girl. And then randomly Will Smith. For concussion. Well, he's playing an Randomly? African doctor. He's playing an African doctor. Well, no, because concussion concussion's not on anything else in here. No, no, I yeah. get that, but that's because it's 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 a character-driven drama about one dude. Yeah, you know, Eddie what Redmayne's going to win this, right? It's the same thing with Steve Jobs. Oh, I, I thought Steve Jobs is really good, Cranston. but everybody except for Fassbender falls into the category of I'm not sure you're in the movie enough to be considered supporting, and it's not like there's a best bit. <clears throat> They, well, I haven't seen any of these. I Wait, Eddie Redmayne won the, uh, the Oscar, Oscar last year. Yeah, okay, so he won't win this one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Is there anything interesting else? TV. Uh, TV series drama. Empire, Game of Thrones, Mr. Robot, Narcos, and Outlander. I don't know those last three at all. Um, Narcos is a Netflix show about uh, the 80s. The, cartel the 80s. 80s fight car- cartel. Um I don't know Mr. Robot. Outlander is... Mr. A, Robots USA. It's the, the Fight Club TV show. Okay. And then Outlander is based on a book about a woman from the 40s who travels back in time to the 1700s in Scotland. So Game of Thrones better win. Uh, yeah, And this one, yeah. Game of Thrones better win. I'm kind of bummed Mad Men isn't on there. Um, um, I'm not surprised, Dan. I think they would have had a riot on their hands. If, if Mad if, Men? If Mad Men had been on. Why? 
Because there's been a lot of industry complaint at how AMC has released that show. With the two half seasons? In order to specifically try to get one season to win two separate years. Yeah. So it's the kind of thing where, like, I'm not surprised the nominating committee went just like, you know what, you guys are right. No. We we nominated you before. But here's the thing. I don't know if you've watched season seven. Probably not. It really is two separate seasons. They're just shortened seasons. And AMC just totally fucked up. That's fine, Dan. But there's a reason why there's a lot of industry complaint. No, I agree. The reason is, is that to you, it seems like not that big a deal. Oh, seven is... Make it's it really two seasons. You, you have any idea how much more expensive season eight would have been? It's, it's two seasons. Make 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 a one you six episodes. Re- you have seven to renegotiate season. with the entire cast. It's they, it, they it, do that, Dan, to not. You know what I'm saying like they split it up like. That oh, I don't disagree with not, you. But that's what the industry is arguing. They're I don't disagree with that you. Letting AMC get it into two separate years <laughs> allows them basically to circumvent like. Union rules. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't disagree with you, but it really the way the story was structured, mm-hmm. it was really two separate. No, seasons. I get that, and I'm not arguing that, but I'm arguing like it's not like people out there were like, we can't ever beat Mad Men, we hate them because it's not like Mad Men was really like dominant. That's a great show. The show though. won sometimes, you know. I mean, like you know, people individually in the show won sometimes. Yes, not, but not every single. <laughs> it's not Breaking Bad. No, 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 not right. At all. So, but like there, that is that argument is the fact that by calling it all season seven rather than calling it season eight, well, season eight is a contract negotiation season, Dan, which means not just the actors, but every worker on that show would get to go through a contract renegotiation and it would up the cost of the show. So you can't give them a reward for finding a way to not pay people what they're due. I don't disagree with you. Right. And I mean, granted, I'm not arguing that they, that they, AMC did anything wrong. AMC is not a big network. Maybe they couldn't afford to do the show if they'd gone through another contract negotiation. But it doesn't change the fact that you can't let them game the system. Which makes me, which, which makes me wonder if, as a protest against that, Matt Weiner did this, set up the season in such a way that, yes, we are doing a 14-episode season split over you know two years. Mm. That's really two separate seasons. Like almost like no, we're not going to tell one story. Like we're going to have season A and season B. The problem with this, and the reason that the industry is is the one spearheading this, is that as far as I know, nobody working Mad Men either creatively, or acting wise, or or crew wise, is complaining. But that doesn't change the fact that it's a bad precedent for the entire industry. Season B was great. Don Draper had a mental breakdown, and left, and traveled the country. I couldn't have been more bored every time that show was on. Oh, such a good show. Such a good show. It was, it was one of my favorite shows. I love Mad Men. Um, let's see. Best mm-hmm. actor in a TV series, speaking of Mad Men, John Hamm. Um, Rami Malek for Mr. Robot. Wait, wh- again, why, why is are, that are a, we, oh, no, no, we didn't a do, drama? We didn't do best TV series comedy. Let's do uh, that comedy. real quick. The only ones I recognize are Orange is the New Black, Silicon Valley, and Veep. Okay, so Casual is a Hulu show. Okay. Um, it's not. Wait, Transparent is a Netflix show, right? Yeah, uh-huh. it, uh, yeah uh, Casual is a Hulu show. It's not that great. It's okay. It's not that great. I don't know Mozart in the Jungle. I don't know what the hell that is. I don't know yeah. what that is. Um, and then Orange is the New Black. I think Orange is the New Black might be the... I don't know. Silicon Valley. I've heard good things about it. I still haven't seen it. I like. it. I feel like Orange is the New Black might be the lock in this category. Probably. Um, oh, no. Doesn't doesn't Veep win everything every year? Every year. And I've never seen it. No, I can't watch Julia. I, I hate it. I can't stand her. She's awful. Maybe, maybe people won't vote for it because it's, um, it's, it's so badly named now. 
Is she now the actual president She's or something? She's the actual president, oh. I think. So it's no longer Veep. It's <laughs> it should be POTUS or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. She's, She's, nominated. POTUS. I love She's nominated for actress as well, along with like Jamie Lee Curtis. And Lily Tomlin is back again. Uh, for Grace and Frankie, which is also a Hulu show. Yeah, um, I don't know I've, I've heard that good. The drama one's interesting because Ava Green's in it for Penny Dreadful. I think she should win. She was amazing last season. I don't almost want. I almost want to rewatch that season of Penny Dreadful. It was so good. I'll probably give it to Princess Buttercup. I probably will. Um, what's your bucket? Uh, Robin Wright. She is nominated for House of Cards. Again. John Hamm battling Bob Odenkirk. Better Call Saul. Now, how is it that, that The Martian is a drama, but Better Call Saul is a, is dr- a comedy? Yeah, it's a comedy, but Better Call Saul is a, a drama. drama. Really? Yeah, who knows? Really? Have you? I do. Are you watching Better Call Saul? No, but. I don't picture it's as close to a drama. Yeah, he's as, Dan, he's got a point. I mean, I, I haven't watched it either, but I know it's a dark comedy. It's supposed to be like it's it's supposed to be it the should be a comedy. From the guy who started his career doing skits with uh, David Cross. I yeah, it don't expect be, yeah, that it's going to be a straight uh, yeah. drama. I don't know how, how things end up here. Um, here's my problem: best actress in a TV series comedy, Rachel Bloom, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. That show was terrible. That show was god awful. I think there was one episode where I was like, you know what? I giggled. A couple times. I haven't watched it. I don't even know what, what else is. is in that category. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis for Scream Queens, which oh, no, she's no. actually quite good in that show. I've only seen about six episodes, but she's actually well, okay. Granted, I've only watched the pilot, but isn't this <laughs> leading? Is it just general or is it leading? It's actress? Leading. leading actress in a TV series. Comedy. How is how is she the lead? She's in that not. Show? I don't know. She's support, if anything. <laughs> um, Julie Lewis Dreyfus, who's probably going to win. Gina Rodriguez for Jane the Virgin, and then Lily Tomlin for Grace and Frankie, which is also a Hulu show. About two women uh, who are married to their everybody's older and they're all retired. And as everybody's about to retire, it's uh, Martin Sheen and someone else that you know. Um, they come out to their wives. Lily Tomlin is one of them that they're gay and they're in love and they're divorcing them. So now you've got Grace and Frankie who are now divorced women of a certain age whose husbands have come out of the closet because they love each other. Huh. So. Um, Idris Elba, who. Basically, basically, it's a Golden Girls prequel. Kind of. They just need to find the other two golden girls. Exactly. Um, Idris Elba, uh, best actor in a limited TV series for Luther, who may or may Wait, not be playing. The one episode special? Uh, he was in. It hasn't even aired as far as I can remember. Uh, he, he was in um, Oscar Isaac for Show Me a Hero, David Oyelowo, who oh, you like. Yellow, oh, Yellow, whatever, who for Nightingale, Mark Rylance for Wolf Hall, Patrick Wilson in Fargo. Um, I like all those people. I know. I like the TV categories I'm more interested in. Uh, best actors. I mean, I, I haven't seen most of them in those roles. Now, let's hit the really interesting one Which that is? I just ran into. The supporting actor for movie. Uh, okay. Drama or comedy. Also has Idris Elba in it, but much more interesting to me. Uh, Sylvester Stallone Ooh. is nominated for his acting. For Creed? For Creed. For Creed. I'm hearing great things about Creed, though. I've heard some okay. some good things about Creed. Okay. So here's my response to Creed real quick. I haven't watched the movie yet, and I'm going to watch the movie because I, I really... I like any Rocky movie that's well done. When Rocky and, movies are well done, they're amazing. And, and, no, I have to put caveat in, and I do like Rocky Four, even though it's a bad Rocky movie. I totally agree with you. Right? I it's love a, it's, Rocky Four. It's everything that's wrong with Rocky, but, but I still... It works. I love it, that It one. works for some reason. Um, but <laughs> when we went and saw Spectre... The person at the box office inadvertently sent us into Creed. <coughs> mm. So we watched the first eight to ten minutes. Okay. Was the most boring eight to ten really? film ever. Um, hopefully the movie's better than those ten minutes. It's kind of like the beginning has the vibe of Wanted. Remember Wanted with James McAvoy, Dan? 
Yes. Right? But instead of I immediately like starting with how Is this to, the curve the bullet? It was movie? terrible. Oh, it was awful. Starting in the office with how miserable his life is was a good starting point for the movie. I don't even remember. Okay, I well, just remember yeah, at some yeah, point yeah, there was, was a loom yeah. that told them who to kill, and I was yes. like, what am I watching? So instead, Oh, it was ridiculous. A loom. It was ridiculous. Uh-huh. Instead of <laughs> starting with how depressing his office life is, instead it's eight to ten minutes of him in juvie getting in a fight when he's a kid, and then having Apollo's wife come and get him out of juvie to like adopt him. But it was just such a boring, put-together kind of... I mean, like... No, but he's not even actually Apollo's real son? No, he's Apollo's real son. The idea is, is that Apollo um, had a paternity suit going when he died. You gotta get ad block, dude. I, 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 I need to get ad block. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Uh, Dan just found out what happens in terms of pop-ups when you go to the Pirate Bay. Not that we'd ever go there. <laughs> uh, actually, so here's one. Did you ever think that you would see Queen Latifah battling Lady Gaga for an acting award? Never, never. And Lady Gaga is terrible in that. I only, I've only watched three episodes well, of American Horror Story Hotel. Yeah. A conceptual artist, not an actress. She, she is she is not the most interesting thing. The only, You know the most interesting thing in that is so far after three episodes I've watched is um, Kathy Bates. She's the only interesting thing. And then uh, Sarah Paulson. Those two actresses in that show are great. Everyone else in that show, I'm like this... You've all been here way too long. You should have done what uh, Dan Lutzer Bucket did and finally left. Dan, most of the people on that show, they're not getting other offers. What's her name? I don't mean to be insulting to them. That's not my intent. But like, Zachary Quinto was on that show once. He gets other offers. He was actually really good that season. No, but he gets other offers. Most the, What made American Horror Story successful is they, they cast people for the most part... That were cheap because nobody wanted to work with them. Well, I mean, yeah, they do have a few cheap. They do have a few cheap people and a few not so cheap people. I'm, I'm holding Grace. Yeah, Who am I thinking? But Kathy he, B- I'm not gonna <laughs> Jessica Lange. Jessica Lange has been was amazing in every season she was yes, in. Understand? But Jessica, and then she's gone. Jessica Lange was getting like scale when they started. No, you think? No. And for season one, nobody had hired her in like five years. No. Oh, she was so good. No, she, I'm not. I'm not arguing that. Red. What was that? <laughs> so, that was so good. Aww. You want to go back to mommy? Yeah. Why not? So good. So good. Oh, there's so much, so much slobber on your. I know. It's, at least it's my kid, so it's okay. So much. Oh, don't put it in my mouth. No, please don't. No, I feel, I feel, I, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel a little rape it's right now. Red. Yeah, it is. No. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and, and it all goes bad. That's what happens. Uh, I didn't see anything else interesting in the nomination. I, and, I didn't, and, and here's the thing. is, If this is what the Oscars are going to... This is my thought. If this is what the Oscars are going to look like this year, I don't care about this year. Yeah, was this cared. year this terrible for movies? I haven't cared since Lord of the Rings um, was nominated. <laughs> well, let me. you want me to do an Oscar list right now? I can. I, I mean, was it? Was it, was it, was it just me? I imagine Bridge of Spies will get a few nominations, if only because it's a history movie made by Steven Spielberg. I would okay. imagine that The Martian will do very well in nominations, although it might not win. In the technicals. No, even not, in, not even in the technicals. It's like the first Ridley Scott movie in the history of Ridley Scott movies that's about a subject that the nominating committee can get behind. Mars? So are we so <laughs> far away from the Hollywood Forum Press for the Oscars that they're going to look like totally different landscapes? No, because the it's quite possible the things that start getting buzz for the Golden Globes will end up in the nominating lists for the Oscars. The, it, it's kind of 
It's bad to view the Golden Globes as being representative of what you're going to see for awards seasons. It's better to think of them in terms of New Hampshire and Iowa in the primaries. Okay. What they do is they limit the amount of choices that are available to the other um, award shows. They, the, like two or three always come out of the, the, the first award show with the type of buzz where it's like, well, crap, we got to nominate that now. Like if we don't nominate it, that's what the story is going to be. You know? So you'll see a lot of that. But no, I, I, honestly, the way, the way the Oscars work, there's, I'm sure there's a big push to get Ridley Scott an Oscar at some point. He usually makes movies that the nominating committee would not touch with a 10, feet or 10, 10 meter cattle prod. <laughs> but The Martian, even though it's a sci-fi movie, is a sci-fi movie set in the near present future. So we could... Like it's they a got behind gravity. They did. They yeah. did get behind gravity. It, so it's in that category, so I expect it to do quite well. Matt Damon's always been very popular with the nominating committee. Matt Damon. Um, the question is whether or not anybody else in that movie is in it enough to get nominated as an, an actor. Because they're really know, they like nominated for everything. Movie? Uh-huh. Yeah. Just briefly. Okay. Briefly. Um, I mean, like that's the no, problem. It's, uh, everybody's in it briefly. It's it's the who's the redhead I'm thinking of? Who's in like everything now? Um, Jessica Chastain. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, like the the people that are just fine, especially a lot of the ground personnel people. Um, Chiwetel is one of them. Chiwetel Adifel. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, they're not really in the movie. Like, the movie is literally Matt Damon in a box. That's what the movie is. And is this Matt Damon's Castaway? Kind of. Mm, a little. I mean, Castaway was really just Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yeah. And probably less susceptible to. Remember how we've discussed on this podcast before the. The castaway slash I am legendness, yeah. Like the idea that like the movie's so much about the fight to survive that the first time you see it, it's absolutely fascinating, and then after you've seen him do it, you're like, I'm bored. Yeah, he's gonna do it. Because one of the things when I got out of it, it's one of those times I got up and I told the person I was with that it wasn't as good as the book. And I know a lot of people get really upset when you say that, but in this respect, the book was very much a survival story. So like when something went wrong. It was never an easy fix. It was like 30 pages of him figuring out how to fix things. I mean, it was explanations and, and yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then when they did the movie, they, they minimized those scenes so that they're like, oh, I put duct tape over things. You know, I mean, um, so it's a very different type of movie, but that probably makes it more watchable because it's not so much a story of physical survival as much as it is emotional survival. So there's more, like, I, I think you could actually get something. And I think they sort of missed on viewing. what they could have gotten out of that a lot. What do you mean? There were constant points in that movie where something went wrong, mm-hmm. and it should have been emotionally devastating. Like, there yeah. should have been a, just, that they should have conveyed the absolute hopelessness, hor- hopelessness of that situation. Mm-hmm. There should have been moments where it just felt hopeless. And they usually just came and went with quick fixes, kind of yeah. like you said, where you never really had that sense of, of something went wrong. Oh, that just went really wrong. And I then, wonder if he's going to make yeah, it. Yeah, and then the, like, from, like, not that we're That's here to, Apollo to 13 tear apart about. the Martian, but the biggest problem in the movie is probably the fact that it jumps from, what, day 127 to, to day like 498. Yeah. They jump oh, fast. They just, and then they just jump suddenly, like a whole year. Matt Damon is emaciated. I mean, like, it's it's... It's really, yeah, it's not um, It's not that type of survival movie. But that, like I said, that might make it more watchable. I've never had a single desire ever to watch Castaway again. No. Um, I, I tried watching I Am Legend again. Same problem. This one might be more watchable or rewatchable, I suppose I should say. Yeah. 
Yeah. Although what I'd recommend is if you haven't seen The Martian yet and you really want to see it, instead watch Defying Gravity, which is a, a really great TV show I made the two of you watched the yes. pilot of. which I was thinking about this today. We should redo pilots. Okay. Oh, my son is crying. Oh, that's what they do. That's what they do. All right, are we done? You don't want to open your yeah. present on the air? Oh, I should. I, Des, Des got us Christmas presents, even though we specifically told him not to. Grayson, what are you doing? You want to open up a Christmas present with me? Oh, no. Let's open up a Christmas present. We're going to open up a Christmas present. You want to open up a present? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Reach in. he likes that. Reach in. Reach in and grab it. Don't right. grab the knife, Grayson. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Here, take that. All right, what, else, what did Uncle Dez get us? All right, let's see. Uncle Dez got us. Oh, it's a Doc Brown pop move. What are these things called? I know what they're called. Luke, I know what these are called. The, the, the pop the Funko thing. figure. The Funko figure. Yeah, Doc yeah. Brown. Like, it's Doc like the Brown. The big-ass bobblehead-looking things. Yeah, you want to hold that? All right, what else did Uncle Dez get us? Uncle Dez got us a Back to the Future hoverboard one and a half, one, one to five scale replica. Oh, we're trying to brush our teeth. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. And one more. <laughs> last thing. Scene. Last thing. Last thing. Uncle Dez got us was a Doctor Who Sonic Spork. What is? What is the Doctor Drive? Tardis. Tardis. That's right. That's right. All right, mommy, you can take him away now. All right, bud, go with mommy. Go with mommy. All right. Oh, he's addicted to the microphone now. He is. Uh oh. Yeah, you can have that. That's fine. All right. Thank it's you like very me. much, Desmond. You're welcome. Um, these are, this is, oh, this is so cool. Look at this. Look at how cool this is. It is a spork that has the 11th Doctor Sonic that's as the handle. And uh, this is wicked cool. I totally dig this. Dan said wicked. This is wicked cool. It's wicked smart. It's wicked smart. It's wicked cool. And then Will pulled out my uh, hoverboard replica, uh, one to five scale. It's actually pretty cool. To scale. But notice there's no, like, th there's the logo for Mattel, but the word Mattel is not actually on the hoverboard. because they'd have mm. to pay for it. Exactly. exactly. This is, I'm going to put this on my desk. This is cool. <laughs> there actually might be a place for this on my desk soon. Soon. Um, anyway, thank you very much, my friend. I appreciate it. Um, and, and Grayson got to open it, too. Does anybody have anything else for this podcast? No, it's time to play games. It's time to play games. All right, this is Musings of a Geek. Uh, you can get us at musingsofageek.com. You can also get us on the Danger Entertainment Network at dangerentertainment.net. We are on Geek Life Radio. We are actually on Geek Life Radio on Tuesday at 10, uh, I'm sorry, 12 p.m. Central, which is 10 a.m. Pacific and uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. So if you're in New York. I was at, making faces at you. After lunch. scheduled time? Uh, we're on a radio station, an actual radio station where that they well, play actual shows. if it was online. It's an online radio station. GeeklifeRadio.com. It's very similar to podcasting. Uh, Geek Life Radio actually has a shit ton of awesome shows. Some of them are on the Musings of a Geek podcast network at musingsofageek.com. Uh, you can also get us on iTunes, Stitcher, other things. Tune in radio. Go to the website. Download us. Uh, there's also just uh, we got tons of podcasts at the Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Some of them actually get updated regularly. Um, I'm getting everybody. I am getting everybody. We crazy month ahead. Uh, Re-updating everything. Um, go ahead and check out musingsofageek.com. All the podcasts we have there. Also, if you like books, we've got an Audible link. If you want to buy stuff, we've got an Amazon banner. Uh, that's really what I got. Are we good? I guess. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening to episode 106 of Musings of a Geek. And stay geeky, my friends. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. <laughs>